Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Welcome to Spiritual Insights, everyone. I'm Charlotte Spicer, executive producer and host of the show, energetic healer and channel for Yeshua, also known as Jesus. Thank you so much for tuning in from the United States and around the world. Today, we bring you The Nature of Reality with Bill Ferguson. Bill is here to offer us his insights as we explore a variety of topics. Bill shares my love for the psycho-spiritual approach to life and human nature and articulates his knowledge in a way that everyone can relate to, no matter your background. Bill's work has been referred to as the penicillin of psychology. He's been featured on Oprah and has worked with thousands of people around the world. He comes highly recommended by both the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post and offers private sessions to help you handle your current life situation. Visit masteryoflife.com to book a consultation with him and learn more about his best-selling books and his mastery course, a step-by-step process for resolving problem areas, healing relationships, and creating a great life. Bill will show you how to be effective in handling whatever life brings you. As an energetic healer and channel, I would be honored to work with you in a private session. You can choose from a selection of techniques and private sessions with Yeshua at spiritualinsightsradio.com. Today, we'll continue our discussion from the last segment where we explore childhood hurts that destroy love and sabotage our lives. This is going to be exciting. Well, hi, Bill. Welcome back. Hi there. It's great to be here. So there's kind of a theme this week with all of the segments that I'm publishing. So I mentioned that the, the show with Mother Mary had to do with embracing grief and segued into perfectionism and was amazingly insightful. I have a segment with Divine Mother where we continue the conversation on perfectionism. And now just a few minutes ago, you were saying what you have to say today is basically a continuation of all that. material yeah amazing (laughs) let's do it and we can use me as an example that they've already heard about my piano and my violin and all that good stuff so we've got plenty to work with (laughs) this week is my week of therapy (laughs) (laughs) well one thing that i've discovered is that any time you have a relationship that is work that is not working or any area of life that isn't working that which we think is the problem ultimately is never never the problem it's always the symptom of something deeper mm. ultimately the areas of life that don't work are areas where some nerve is getting triggered So the nerve gets triggered, we feel threatened, we lose our ability to see clearly, 
Um, we fight, resist, hang on, withdraw. We act destructively, which then magnifies the problem instead of resolves it. Of course. So, um, so what happens is, you know, we live in a world where all the focus is on the circumstances. We think that happiness and upsets come from outside of us, but that's an illusion that'll keep us stuck forever. What's outside of us is the mirror of what's inside of us. Absolutely. So, so for example, when we get upset, it looks like the upset is caused by what happens, but that's an illusion. An upset is a state of mind that can exist only if we're fighting what happens. Mm, mm-hmm. See, at any moment, what so is always what so. What happened is what happened. What is is. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's just what so is what so, period. Right. Something happens. Well, if we are at peace with what happened, we see clearly and we automatically look in a direction where solutions and opportunities show up. Mm-hmm. Okay, what happened is what happened based on the facts. What do I need to do? Right. That's where life works. Any area of life that works great is an area where you can flow with whatever happens. The areas of life that don't work are areas where we can't flow. And why we can't flow is because these areas of life strike a nerve. Okay. But we don't notice the nerve. All we notice are the circumstances that trigger the nerve. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we think the threat is the circumstance but that's never the case. The threat is not the circumstances. The threat is all the emotion that's being triggered by the circumstances. And a good way to see this is, is to find a time when you've been upset. Notice something happened. Mm-hmm. Now, what, and that's a fact, it happened. Well, what would happen to the upset if somehow you were at peace with the truth? The upset would disappear. It would dis- it would dissipate immediately. It would dissipate immediately because an upset can only exist if we're fighting the truth of what happened. Mm-mm-mm. And a fear, a fear is like an upset. Is up an upset is created by fighting and resisting a past or present event. A fear is created by resisting a future event. So if I have a fear of losing somebody, I'm resisting this future event called losing the person. The more I resist losing the person, the bigger my fear, the bigger my fear, the more I'm threatened, the more I'm threatened, the more I hang on, the more I act destructively, which pushes her away, which brings to be my fear. Self-fulfilling prophecy right there. And whatever we fear and resist, we tend to create. And what we fear and resist ultimately is never anything outside of us what we really fear and resist are all the feelings and emotion that get triggered by our circumstances mm-hmm. and the more you can heal that inner hurt then the more the circumstances disappear as a threat we get our peace back and then we automatically look in a direction where solutions and opportunities show up and our actions or decisions are based on facts rather than emotion. That's what mother said. 
Now, when you're in a state of fear and upset, it's all about emotion. Exactly. And that is a very destructive place to be. And destroy I did. Yes, yes. And that's the name of the game. I mean, that's, that's we got 7 billion people doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And what we do is that- we We're in the majority, in fact. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so it would be good to talk about these nerves, how they work, how to find them, and how to heal them. Okay. Okay. So when we're born, we're present with who we are. We're happy. We're alive. We're free. Mm-hmm. We have a very positive energy. We're... But what happens is that we're born into a world that suppresses this state, that kills this state. So in the process of growing up, every single one of us gets hurt. And we get hurt a lot. We experience rejection and validation and very painful losses of love. Mm. And, and some kids get it a lot worse than others, but everybody gets it. Okay. And, and then what happens is that as a child, we can't help but internalize it. Of course. We don't have the wisdom to notice that our parents got a problem. So we can't help but blame ourselves. Right. So I'll give you a classic example. Years ago, I was in a department store. And there's this mother and daughter shopping. The little girl was about four years old. And she spilled her drink, which is exactly what four-year-olds do. And the mother got real upset at her, started screaming at her saying, what's the matter with you? Why are you so stupid? Well, how many times is this precious little girl going to hear that before she believes it? Yeah. Probably just once. And what happens if the little girl hears it over and over and over and over again? Mm -hmm. So the little girl can't help but believe it. You know, here's my mom. She knows everything. She says, I'm stupid. I, and, it's got, and, it's, and it must be true. Plus, I did spill my drink, mm -hmm. and last week I got my shoes muddy, mm -hmm. and the week before that I did this, I did that. I can't do anything right. I can't. I must be right. stupid. I must be stupid. I've got to be stupid. I mean, it, here's all the evidence. So the little girl can't help but create the belief that she's stupid. And the little girl could actually have a genius IQ. Wouldn't it have been great if the girl just looked up at her mother and said, Mom, I think you have anger management issues. Yeah. But yeah. a four-year-old can't do the that. A four-year-old can't do that. You're going to internalize. Yep. Yeah. So the little girl creates the belief that she's stupid. And then she decides stupid is a horrible way to be. Because if you're stupid, you'll never be loved. Look at my mom. My own mom doesn't love me because I'm stupid. Mm -hmm. I can't be stupid. I got to be smart. So the little girl creates this mental concept called stupid and smart. She creates this mental standard. And then she'll go through life judging herself and everybody else by this mental standard. That person's stupid. That person's smart. I'm stupid. I'm smart. Mm. So she creates the belief that she's stupid. And then she spends the rest of her life running from stupid doing everything she can to be smart. Yeah. 
But no matter what she accomplishes, she can get seven PhDs. But no matter what she accomplishes, she will never be able to accomplish enough to get rid of that hurt of stupid. Yeah. Because stupid isn't outside of her, it's inside of her. And if any circumstance comes along and hints that her mother was right, that she really is stupid, that circumstance will be perceived as a major threat to her survival. Because if I really am stupid, if that really is the truth, why even be alive? Mm-hmm. Get me out of here. People will literally commit suicide rather than feel that emotion. Absolutely. So what happens is that every area of life that doesn't work can be traced to the automatic subconscious avoidance of this hurt. Mm-mm. Because in the face of this hurt, we're threatened. We're threatened with our very survival. Mm-hmm. So any circumstance that comes along and hints that our mother was right or that, that triggers our hurt, that circumstance literally will be conceived will be perceived subconsciously as a major threat to our survival. So we will have to either attack it or run from it. Fight, resist, hang on, or withdraw. But everything we do to fight it validates it, magnifies it, gives it more power. So whatever our hurt is, we will forever act in a way that creates more of it. Absolutely. So, for example, if somebody has an issue with rejection, the hurt is underneath that almost always is not worth loving. To avoid that hurt of feeling not worth loving, the person will act in a way that will forever sabotage their relationships and create more and more rejection. Mm-hmm. If somebody has to have everything be perfect, the hurt behind that is not good enough. Absolutely. Yeah. You ever know people that are constantly late? Yeah. The people that are consistently late are people that have major issues with being controlled. I know. I think you said that last time and I can't stop thinking about it. It's yeah, so, so great. You're not going to control me. I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. And, and most of the time, the hurt that's underneath that is I'm just worthless. I don't count. I don't matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm going to prove I do count. I'll show up whenever I feel like it. And then... It results in the loss of a job, which reaffirms the, the belief yeah. to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. So literally everything we do to avoid the hurt creates more of it. My example, I mean, for me personally, my big issue was failure. I spent my life running from failure, doing everything I can to prove what a success I was. So I would have tunnel vision. I need to be a success. I need to be a success. But the tunnel vision creates such a narrow vision it destroys your ability to see what works. Mm -hmm. Don't bother me with what works. I'm not interested in what works. Tell me how to avoid my hurt. Exactly. So in my running for my hurt, I bought a whole bunch of real estate, highly leveraged right before the market collapsed. (gasps) And I lost everything. I lost all my investments. I lost my office and I lost my home. Oh my goodness. That's huge. and it was like an incredibly painful time, but it was probably the most, one of the most valuable times in my life because it put failure right in my face Yeah. so that I could own it and heal it. Beautiful. 
because up to that point, my whole life was about running from it. Huh. Once I faced it, I couldn't run from it anymore. How can you run from failure if you are one? It's my fear of failure lost its power. And then there's a point shortly after that where I felt this wonderful freedom. It's like, oh, what a relief. I don't have to be a success. I can just be me. There you go. Yeah. And that was the point when my life started working. Wow. Doesn't matter when you get it, only that you do. Yes. Yes. And see, the same thing is available for everyone. We lose our ability to be who we are at a very, very early age. Yeah. And then we spend our whole lives running from something that doesn't exist, desperately trying to become something else that doesn't exist, destroying our lives in the process. Mm -hmm. And the thing is so great, it can all be reversed mm -hmm. because none of it's based on fact. Exactly. I can give an example, um, something different than the music. Um, I, my grades were always good. Straight A's came easily to me until all the attacks and the criticisms came along. Who do you think you are? Think you're smart? Think you're better than everybody? And it's like they were trying to convince me that I did think I was better than everybody. I knew I didn't. I didn't have the self-esteem to even think that about myself. So I spent a lot of time dumbing myself down, making sure my grades were a little uneven, um, not putting my best effort forward because of the trouble that it would bring. And so I just did the minimal and skated by. And uh, eventually I realized I was running my life in such a way that I was trying to convince everybody else that I wasn't what I was accused of. Like folding yourself inside out. You know, I am not arrogant. I don't think I'm better than everybody. Oh, I, I like to help people. I'm a nice person. And this was this like tunnel vision mission yeah. to prove that I am worthy or that I, that I am okay. Yeah. Literally every area of life that doesn't work can be traced to the automatic subconscious avoidance of this hurt. Absolutely. Literally, the finding and the healing of this hurt is the single most important thing a person can do in their whole life. Because until they heal it, they will be forced to repeat the past. Be 97 years old with the same type of upsets, the same issues. Mm -mm -mm. And what happens as we go through life, the hurt gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. If you don't mind, I would like to present a scenario for you to dig into and, and do your thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We and have then, a list. And, and we want to talk about how do you find the hurt? That's the first step in healing it. Okay. So we have a listener. Uh, I have one listener in particular. Uh, and I wanted to do this for his benefit. So I know his history. I remember conversations over the years where he has trouble at work, where he'll get a job. And before long, there's some kind of conflict. And then he either gets laid off or he has to find another job. It's, it's this pattern. Yeah. So I finally said, OK, tell me about your dad. Oh, he was mean. He was terrible. I said, there it is, because you're looking for what he didn't give you in the job and it's creating conflict. 
But that's what I said. Give me your take on it, how it relates when, when daddy's mean to this yeah. unbelievably unbreakable pattern of job yeah. loss and instability. Yeah. So what you said about him, chances are, are very, very good. What you said was dead on. Mm-hmm. But there's something deeper. There's something yeah. deeper. So what this hurt is, the hurt is always some form of feeling not okay. Not good enough, not worth loving, worthless, failure, don't count, don't matter, stupid, something like that. It's always some form of feeling not okay. And it is never, never, never the truth. It's just something that gets made up as a child. And then we fight the belief that we created. We fight the emotion associated with it, which then magnifies it into a monster. Right. So the first step is to find what this hurt is. And most of the time, the hurt comes from our parents. Of course. So this guy you were talking about, chances are excellent, his hurt came from his dad. That's how he described it, because I said, tell me about him. This is this could go straight back to your dad. And he told me yeah. it was pre- it was pretty brutal for the, for the kid. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so what you want to do is, like in finding the hurt, what you're looking for is not, you're not looking for a fact. You're looking for an emotion. Mm-hmm. You're looking for the emotion. You want, you're looking for the words of not okay that most describe the emotion. And in looking for the hurt, don't look and see, is it true about you? Because it's not. Don't look and see if it's true. Instead, look and see if it were true. What incredibly painful thing would that say about you? Mm -hmm. And the more that would hurt, the more suppressed emotion there is, the more it runs your life and sabotages your life. Yeah. So you're looking for the words of not okay that hurt the most. And then the best place to look is to go back and look at the hurt you experience as a child. So, so for the person, you know, your client in, in talking with him, go back and put yourself, you know, back with your dad. Well, if your own dad treats you like that, if your own dad does that, according to the hurt, what incredibly painful thing would that say about you? Mm-hmm. And the more painful it is, the more it runs your life. So there's a number of places to look. Best one is to go back in time to the hurt you experienced as a child and look and see what do those circumstances say about you. Right. Uh, by the way, if your reaction while you're looking at this stuff is, is, well, I know that's not true about me. Well, if your reaction is, I know that's not true, you just found the hurt. Oh, <laughs> wow. Denial. Okay. Is what we're going to see is it like success and failure are two sides of the same coin. If you have up the ladder, you must have down the ladder. Never can you have up without down because up can only exist if you got down beside it. To, up can only exist if you've got down to compare it against. Right. So up and down are two sides of the coin. Success and failure are two sides of the coin. Worthy and worthless are two sides of the coin. So if somebody says, well, I know I'm not worthless. Well, I know we've just found a major issue because that's denial. In denial, 
a person will be able to see the positive side of the coin. Oh, okay. clearly unvaluable, but they won't be able to see the negative side. So if your reaction is, I know I'm not that, look really close. And remember, don't look and see, is it true? If you look for the truth, you're going to totally miss it. Don't look and see, is it true? Instead, look to see if it were true, would that be painful? And the more painful it would be, the more it runs your life. And that's what you're looking for. That's what you're looking for. Okay, so, perfect. So best place to look, go back in the hurt you experienced as a child and look and see what do those circumstances say about you? Mm-hmm. Another place to look is what are your biggest fears? Mm-hmm. And then look and see if your fear came true, what would that say about you? For a lot of people, the fear is nobody will love me. I'll be alone forever. Right. What would that say about you? Most of the time, that's going to be the hurt of not worth loving. Mm -hmm. If you lost everything, what would that say about you? Most of the time, the hurt underneath that is that you're a failure. You're a loser. Yeah. Yeah. So, so look to see what are your fears. And then if your fear came true, what would that say about you? Another place to look is what are you driven towards? What do you need for your happiness? Mm -hmm. Because in reality, we never need something for our happiness because happiness can only come from within. Right. When we think we need happiness from something outside of ourselves, that's going to be a sign of one of these core issues. So if somebody needs a loving, supportive relationship, they're running from the herd of not worth loving. If somebody needs to have everything be just perfect, they're usually running from the herd of not good enough. Yeah. You ever know people that need to be right? Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. The people that need to be right are running from the herd of that they're wrong. And more specifically, that they're stupid. Yes. So anybody that has to be right is going to have a major hurt with stupid. Because they've got to go through life. Trying to prove that they're not stupid. Trying to prove that, yeah. And most of the people that I know that are like that, I remember conversations where they were told they were stupid as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's, where it, that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. And another thing that's interesting is, you know, this herd is like a tree with a number of branches. Mm-hmm. And, and the common trunk of the tree for most people is worthless, no value. And then you have different branches. And sometimes you have one branch leads to another branch, which then leads okay. to the trunk of the tree. Okay. So the hurt of stupid often goes to a deeper branch of not worth loving. Okay. See, they've got to be smart so that they can be loved because underneath it all, they're just not worth loving and who they are. And I'm reminded that at least three people, three of these people, they also had dyslexia. So in school, the teachers made them out to be bad students um, who, who couldn't learn. Yeah. Which proves they're stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And literally I have worked with people who are certified geniuses, members of Mensa that had major issues with being stupid. Are you serious? Yeah. I got another, another, another story. 
used to do weekend workshops and we had this one particular workshop that for whatever reason was filled with topless dancers oh my mm -hmm. from some cabaret and these women were beautiful i mean really beautiful and and they these are the women that would be on the calendar one of them mm -hmm. say i miss july i miss august and i would acknowledge them for how beautiful they were not hitting on them but just as an acknowledgement of beauty they couldn't let it in mm -hmm. really beautiful can't you see my nose is crooked i've got dimples on my thighs it turns out that every single one of them had a major issue with ugly. Mm. They spent their lives running from ugly, doing everything they can to become beautiful. Yeah. They would spend all their money on cosmetic surgery and clothes, and then they would dance topless in front of men so they could be acknowledged for how beautiful they are. I and see. then somebody comes along and genuinely acknowledges them for it, and they can't let it in. And they have to block it. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of trouble learning how to accept a compliment calmly because it would just ricochet around in my chest and I'd get all, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, convulsions. Because, <laughs> you know? yeah, because we got two, two sides of the coin. So somebody could acknowledge you for the positive side of the coin, but you won't be able to let it in because down deep we really know the truth which is the monster side of the coin, the negative side of the coin. Yeah. So if somebody's got a major issue with, with failure, somebody could acknowledge them for how, what a success they are, and they couldn't hear it because they really know the truth. The truth is that I'm a failure. And in fighting the failure side, we magnify it out of proportion. Yeah. And so would you agree that, okay, you, when we're chasing, chasing the monster, to become a success and let's use that example so everything is a construct to prove it to everybody else that you're a success yeah and, but it but never really gets through to you and most importantly to prove to you because if i really am a failure i'm going to die right it's about how do i make my life be a certain way so that i can survive but aren't they walking around a complete success but feeling like a failure and a fraud yeah 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 and not only that, we'll create it. Mm, they'll fail Literally, at something. Whatever hurt you run from, you are going to create more of it. If somebody's running from failure, that person will create a life full of failure. Hmm. If somebody's running from not good enough, that person will create a life full of not good enough. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a, another thing that's interesting. Uh, most people do not have an issue with coward. So what How's I'll do that? with people, well, it's just, it's just not a common issue. It's a rare issue. Okay. So what I'll do is I'll get with somebody and now let's, let's say this person's issue is, is worthless. So yeah. then I'll tell them, so I'll have them show them a comparison. I'll say, okay, if you, let's say that you are totally worthless and you're a total coward. If you were both of them, worthless would be a lot more painful, wouldn't it? Yeah, of course, it'd be a lot more painful. That's because you don't have an issue with coward. And it's not that it's not there. It's a, that it's so what? Yeah, coward's part of me. So what? Faith mm -hmm. is part of me. So what? You don't have an issue with that. But this guy over here, he does not have an issue with worthless, but he's got a major issue with coward. 
his whole life is about trying to prove how brave he is. He's going to constantly put himself in dangerous situations and cowards are going to be in his life all the time. Life is going to forever be bringing him coward. Oh, wow. Yeah. But life doesn't bring us coward because that's not our issue. Yeah. So where you want to do is you want to get to the place where your issue is as irrelevant as coward, because there's nothing you can do to make it go away. Everything you do to make it go away validates it, magnifies it, gives it more power. You cannot make it go away, but you can take away its relevance. You can be so what about it. And in the so what, you get freedom. Because there's acceptance encapsulated inside that. Yeah, because the thing that gives it power is fighting it. Yes. So, for, for example, imagine on the ceiling above you four large yellow balloons. But whatever you do, don't think about them. Right. I love this. Go ahead. Yeah. The more you fight yellow balloons, you've got yellow balloons everywhere. Where old, but ultimately, there is no difference between yellow balloons and worthless or whatever our issue is, because it's just a thought. If you can let the yellow balloons be there, they run their course and disappear. If you can let worthless be there, it runs its course and disappears. The only thing that gives it power is fighting it. You stop fighting it, it loses power. Brilliant. Upsets, fear and upsets. You fight a certain situation, you create upset, but you surrender to the truth, you let it be there, the upset disappears. A fear is created by resisting a future event. You become willing for the event to happen. The fear disappears. Mm-mm-mm. You own your worthlessness. You're not good enoughness. You're not worth lovingness. It loses its power and disappears. Otherwise, the battle you fought when you were younger will be the battles you fight throughout the rest of your life. And it gets worse. Yeah. And it gets worse. It, it has to. Worse. It has to get your attention. Yeah. 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 So places to look. First, look at the hurt you experience as a child. You know, what are your fears? What are your biggest fears? What are you driven towards? And what do you get upset about? Make a list of all the major upsets you've had in your life. And with each incident, go to the hurt that's under the upset and then ask yourself, according to the hurt, what do those circumstances say about me? And you want to notice that the same hurt keeps showing up over and over and over again what would you say bill about people who are or children who are consistently criticized and then uh with like coming from disrespect like they're like they're talked down to like they really are worthless yeah and and so a trigger would be um the way someone speaks to that person, that's, that's the trigger. What yeah. is, what well, is that? Well, issue? a very calm, a very common issue is not worth respecting. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I don't thought treat, you, said. you don't treat me with respect. You don't not worth respecting. And the hurt is underneath that is almost always worthless. No value. Okay. So that's ultimately, that's going to be the hurt. It's underneath what you just described. That's a branch that leads to worthless, no value. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, so the thing that's so important is to find what the hurt is that 
that runs our life. And in looking for the hurt, keep in mind, you're not looking for a fact. You're looking for an emotion. Brilliant. Then the next step after you find what the hurt is, is to heal it. And the way you heal it is to do the opposite of what gives it power. What gives it power is fighting it. What has it lose power is to surrender to the truth of its existence. To give it permission to be there. Love, acknowledge, and bless it. Yeah, but, I wanna, but, but one of the things that makes accepting it a lot easier is when you know what it is that you're accepting. Oh, okay. See, because worthless, not good enough, not worth loving, these things are, are not, they're, they're not things, they're thoughts. Right. But we relate to it like it's a thing. And not only is it a thing, but if we get too close to that thing, that thing is going to gobble us up and kill us. Right. So we spend our whole lives running from that thing, trying to get as far away from it as fast as we possibly can, which gives that thought enormous power. Right. But it's not a thing. It's just a combination of thoughts and feelings. So to heal it, you got to do the opposite of what gives it power. Instead of running from the dragon, you run towards the dragon and face the dragon. Yeah. And once you face the dragon, you see it for what it really is, which is nothing but thoughts and feelings. Mm. And the moment you see it for what it really is, the dragon never, ever, ever has the same power again. Exactly. And in the more you own it, the more it loses relevance and disappears. And we want to make it clear that if, if uh, anyone listening wanted to really make an effort to do this, you're not accepting worthlessness. You're accepting the idea that you felt yeah, that and, and the feeling it's, it's, that you felt. That's right. It's not going through life saying I'm worthless, I'm worthless, I'm worthless. It's going through life saying I'm human, I'm human, I'm human which contains worthless and worthy. Mm. See, ultimately, it would be physically impossible to be worthy, worthless, good enough, not good enough, success, failure, because these things are just judgments. They do not exist in reality. They only exist in our mind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, in the, but in the realm of thinking, all judgment exists. You're brave, you're coward, you're success, you're failure, you're worthy, you're worthless, you're lovable, you're unlovable. It's all there. But if there's any aspect of you that you're not at peace with, that's going to run your life because you're going to have to go through life trying to prove it's not true, which is going to keep creating more and more of it. Right. But that's not the bad news. That's the good news because life is constantly putting it in our face so we can own it, so we can heal it. And once we own it, life doesn't need to bring it to us. We own the part of us called coward. Life doesn't need to bring it to us. So when you can own all the aspects of you, the worthy, the worthless, the brave, the coward, the good, the bad, the ugly, you become whole and complete. You cannot be threatened. You cannot be hurt. It is the ultimate in confidence, but it's confidence in who you are, not in ego confidence. Right.
And life is constantly trying to push you into that place. It's trying to push you into the truth of who you are. Exactly. Not these misperceptions. Exactly. So life is constantly put our, our issues in our face so that we can heal them. Now, one thing that would be helpful, I have the website, masteryoflife.com. Mm -hmm. And on the website, there's a section on there called articles and more. And one of the articles is on this hurt. And, and in the article, it, it lists all the different places to look. And it talks about, and it gives examples, and it shows you how to heal the hurt. Awesome. So, so literally finding and healing this hurt is incredibly important. So go to the website, masteryoflife.com, and go to the section on the articles. And then there's going to be an article on this hurt. It's called, you know, the inner issues that sabotage our lives. Oh, you know, okay. Read the article and there'll yeah. be a video and, and it, it'll be very, very helpful. And also I walk people through individually. I walk people through the process of finding and healing this hurt. Do you? Okay. Yeah, it, 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 and it's, and it's, and it's relatively easy to get to the other side of this hurt because none of the hurt is based on fact. Right. What happened is facts. What we did with it is not. There we go. It's just feelings. Yes. Yes. So there's steps for healing this hurt. Yeah. The first step is to find the hurt. The next step is to face that part of you. And there's four steps to facing the dragon. First step is to put you in, put yourself in the hurt of the negative side of the coin and look in your life and see all the evidence to prove how worthless, not good enough or whatever that you really are. But you want to keep in mind there's also the positive side of the coin, but there's no suffering on the positive side. The suffering's on the negative side. So put yourself in the hurt of the negative side and look and just see all the evidence to prove that it's there. And every time you've been upset, every difficult time, every setback is going to be more proof, more proof. Okay. The, the next step is to surrender to it. Let it in. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But I can't deny it. It's like when I lost all my investments. Failure was so much in my face. I couldn't escape it. Yeah. Up to that point, I'd always been able to rationalize or do something so I wouldn't have to face it. But this time, I, the failure was so big, I couldn't escape it. And there was just this moment when I looked over my life from that side of the coin, and just the evidence was overwhelming. So I just surrendered to it. Yeah. And I didn't realize it at the time, but the moment I surrendered to it, it lost its power because I stopped fighting it. How can I fight it if I am it? The moment I stopped fighting it, it lost its power. My mm -hmm. fear of failure lost its power. My need to be a certain way lost its power. And that was where I got my, that's where I got my life. It is like, oh, I don't have to be a certain way. So you took your worst nightmare, basically, your biggest fear, surrendered to it. And then in doing so, to use your words, you were, you were no longer afraid of it ever happening again. Yes. Yeah. It turned my biggest fear into my greatest gift. Yeah. yeah. That's and amazing. So, so many wonderful things 
have come out of that. The willingness to feel the hurt. I no longer need my wall of protection. I can allow myself to be vulnerable, which then allows me to radiate love. And then life gives it right back. Oh, wow. I have more love. I experience more love on a daily basis than I ever thought possible for any human being to experience. I moved when I talk about this. And it all came from that point when I became willing to feel my hurt. Which is another very important part of the healing process. So in facing the dragon, first step, put yourself in the hurt of the negative side of the coin, look in your life and see all the evidence to prove it. The next step is to let it in, surrender to it. I hate it, I hate it, but there it is. I can't deny it. That is an aspect of me. The opposite is there too, but the negative is certainly there. It's part of being human. And not only is it in me, it's in you, it's in me, it's in everybody on the planet. It's part of being human and it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's just our culture teaches it shouldn't be there, which teaches us to fight it, which then creates all sorts of suffering. (laughs) It's amazing that something so simple can cause so much trouble. Oh, for sure. So the third step in facing a dragon is to be willing to feel the emotion. Be willing to feel the hurt. Because the more you're willing to feel the hurt, the the more the hurt can come, run its course, and disappear. The more you're unwilling to feel the hurt, the more it turns into pain and it stays. Mm -hmm. And a good way to see this is to look at little kids. Little kids are masters at releasing hurt. Mm -hmm. And the thing that little kids do is they feel hurt. They cry and they cry and they cry. And then that a lot, and and the thing that they do that's so powerful is they feel their hurt willingly. Mm-hmm. In the feeling the hurt willingly, that allows it to come, run its course, and go. In feeling the hurt, there's two ways to feel the hurt. You can feel it willingly or unwillingly. You can mm-hmm. feel it deliberately and purposefully because you choose to, or you can feel it as a victim of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. When we feel it as a victim of the circumstance, forced to, because we're forced to, the person can cry hours a day for months and have no healing. You take the exact same hurt, feel it willingly like a child, deliberately and and purposefully. It comes and goes quickly. I've experienced that. And the way I describe it is the reason you're doing this is because, you know, feelings, emotions are are energy. They're, you know, energy in motion. When we repress it or suppress it, we're keeping it there. Yes. So yes. to to open that lid, to break up that concrete, and that's a lot of what I do in my sessions, is I'm breaking up concrete. And I tell yes. them, things are going to come up. Yeah. Things are going to come up to be acknowledged, blessed, and released. Mm-hmm. And what, what I try to reassure people about is it's only going to be temporary. You know, yes. what you're doing is allowing yourself to feel it, but know that it's spiraling upward to find its way out of you. Yeah. And what you're doing is you're creating a context and understanding where people can feel their emotions willingly. Yeah. Which then allows them to come, run their course and go. Yeah. And in doing this healing work, you want to feel the hurt of the circumstances and the deeper hurt 
of the down deep, we're really worthless, not good enough, not worthwhile, failure, that sort of thing. Absolutely. And absolutely none of that is true. And none of it is true, except in the eyes of a child and then magnified through the years. Yeah. Let's say it this way. Your worth is not negotiable. Your worth is not negotiable. Well, for me, it's more than that. It's like worthy and worthless. Those are just concepts exist in our our mind. Who we are is pure law, pure creation, pure possibility. Who we are is what's created in the image and likeness of God, which is so far beyond worthy. (laughs) Worthy is so absurd and irrelevant compared to who we are. Yeah. But the thing that's so ironic is to get to who you are, you've got to go from the pretense through the hurt to who you are. Yeah. But our lives are about doing the opposite, running from who we are, running from the hurt, going deeper and deeper into the pretense. Yeah. And a lot of people are really seriously afraid to feel that hurt. So, you know, seriously, um, just uh, allow yourself to feel it knowing that you're feeling it because it's going by and the more willing you are to feel it, the faster it will go by. Yeah. And there's a direct link between suppressed emotion and very serious physical problems. So the more you're willing to feel the hurt, the more the body heals, the more you got all that suppressed stuff inside of you, the more the body self-destructs. Mm-hmm. The body does what the mind tells it to. And yeah, that's that's a big part of you know what I do is find the emotion that is causing the hurt, the ache, the physical manifestation of it. Well, this is fantastic. Thank you so much. It's been a, a joy doing this with you, and, and I really appreciate the opportunity to to communicate this to people because the healing of this hurt it's so so important, especially now. Something I can share with you, Bill, is that um, what Mother Mary shared the other day is that for the year 2022, um, there's an energy coming up for everybody on the planet that is stirring up old grief. And so I really appreciate your insights today because this is yet another tool for people to get in touch with the grief that is being stirred up in them. So this is going to happen for most of the year. Yeah. And so you get to really heal these hurts and unburden yourself. But this technique is very simple and it promises that it, if done with intention, it'll work. Yeah. And, I, and again, I invite you to go to the masteryoflife.com, go to the section on articles and read the article on these inner issues. Cause it's just, it, it, I, I can't stress how important it is to heal this. Yes, Absolutely. Let's all make an effort. And if you do, uh, if you would send feedback on on how successful you were in healing that hurt and the difference that you feel in doing it, um, send it to send it to Bill. Send it to you through your website. So you know his website, MasteryOfLife.com. Um, go check that out. Uh, SpiritualInsightsRadio.com. If you'd like to book an energetic healing session with me, and and you want me to help you identify these feelings help you feel it and help it release. I'd be happy to help you move forward on your path to alleviate the pain and release these patterns from childhood. 
thank you so much again, Bill, for sharing your insights with us. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Great, great. Looking forward to it. Okay. All right, everyone. That's our show for today. Until next time, God bless and be at peace.